Please turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Hallelujah. <clears throat> We're talking about the goodness of God. The devil does not want that message to go out. Because he's lying, has been lying about God from the very beginning. And, uh, you know, it's sad for those people that are in the ministry that support that. You know, just... Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm going to do the best I can to get us up to speed, get us to where we left off last time. So let me begin reading in James chapter 1 in the New King James Version. Yes, we have all these versions on there now. <laughs> we found them last night. <laughs> in James chapter 1, uh, the Apostle James write, writes in verses 16 and 17, he says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. These are powerful verses. Remember the three verses prior to this talked about blaming God when we're being tempted. He said, don't ever say that comes from God because God isn't tempted and he can't. He doesn't have the capacity to tempt anybody. Amen. And so this is the very next thing that he says. He says, listen, if you want to think about God, think about God in this way. Not the, you know, not the one that's behind all your problems, but, but the one that is behind all the good stuff that's happening in your life. Amen. Amen. And he says, instead of that, he says, remember something, that God is the father of lights, not of darkness, and that everything good and everything perfect will come from him. Absolutely. Everything that's not comes from, comes from somewhere else. We really have to draw this line. In fact, uh, I, I, I gave you some quotes last time. I won't read the whole thing, okay? But just little bits here and there. One of the things that R. Kent Hughes said, he said, it is impossible to walk with God if we question his goodness. And he says, for your soul's sake, brothers and sisters, stop being deceived. I, I like that was a lot. That was the end of a big quote, okay? But you know, th that is so true. It is hard to walk with God if we think he's our problem. Amen. You know, even, you know, with what happened with me, I knew where it was coming from. And so I was able to receive all the prayers people were praying. That's all I did. I just said, thank you, God. Everybody's praying. I'm receiving it. I didn't sit there and go, now, God, now is this you? Am I meant to suffer? <laughs> you, know, you know, people go through this ridiculous stuff in their head. And so God is getting people to pray. And, you know, we, by our attitudes and by our wrong thinking, negate their prayers. So, you know, let's just say Andrew is praying his little heart out that, <laughs> okay, that I'm healed. And I'm going, I don't know whether this is God. All of that will just bounce right off. How can that get to me when I'm thinking this is God? Because he's praying to who? To God. <laughs> okay? He can't be praying to God to heal me if I'm thinking God is behind it. Let me, let me take it a step further. You can't go pray to God to heal you if you think it's coming from him. That, that's what amazes me with, uh, you know, all the 
sort of denominational types that think that way. I just want to say, why did you go to the doctor? How dare you try to get out of God's will? If you're in pain, remain in pain. If you think God's hurting you, you've got to stay there and go through it. If it's not him and you're running to the doctor, why don't you pray? And say, God, I know this is not from you. I may not have the faith to believe for healing on my own. But I can believe, because it's not from you, that you will find me the right doctors, the right medicine, the right whatever, that you are behind, you know, you are behind that, not this. Are you all with me? I told the devil he's going to pay for this. He is now paying. Okay. <laughs> Stupid devil. Anyway, so. Nah, you know, he's been around so long and he's so dumb. Anyway, back to this. Where, where was I? Oh, I'm, I'm catching you up. Yes, okay. So, <laughs> so that's why he says every good gift and every perfect gift. And I like one of the versions says, God freely gives us is from above. And he goes on to say, again, comes down from the Father of light, with whom, again, there is no variation or shadow of turning. Literally, no hidden shadow or hidden darkness and is never the subject, and is never subject to change. There's nothing hidden about God that is dark. There's nothing hidden about God that is unrighteous. Do you all hear what I'm, what I'm saying? You really need to understand. That's why the Apostle James, the Apostle John always bring this out, that he is light. He doesn't have light, he is light. Do you understand when something is light as opposed to having light? If you have light, you can lose light. But if you are light, the only way to lose it is to not be there. <laughs> it's kind of to cease, to exist. And God is forever. <clears throat> These are important things. Well, this is another quote I gave you. He says, God's giving, again, this is Arkent Hughes, God's giving is intrinsically and comprehensively good. He says totally good, intrinsically and comprehensively. It is in his nature to be good. It is not in his nature to be bad. Do you understand? His nature is to be good. You know, we have this poster and it just, it has a big cross and has a world underneath and, it's, and the little words under are, is for God so loved. That's it. And I always look at that. If you've been to our little boys' room, you also have looked at it. it <laughs> we put it somewhere where people have time to meditate on it. Okay. <laughs> I don't have time to meditate on the word. Well, here. Okay. <laughs> Nothing else to do but look at the picture and read the words. But, you know, I love that little word so. It could have just said God loved. And he didn't. You know, this is Jesus. He said God so loved. So loved. How can we think that God is behind anything that's bad if he so loves us? Amen? I pray that this is, you know, this is how we live our life. This is what forms the foundation of our life and how we believe. And this is where the power comes from. This is where the glory comes from. This is where the presence of God comes from. This is where everything that heaven has comes from so that it can go through us into others. If we have anything other than that, we won't be receptors of that glory and dispensers of that glory. Amen? And everything that goes with it. 
Remember again, we looked at Deuteronomy 8.18. We're almost there. <laughs> remember, we looked at the fact that it says, you shall re remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. Every good and every perfect gift that you have in your life, whatever you've got on the inside of you, came from Him. You know, when I first became a Christian and I was having issues with, yeah, but I'm good at this. <laughs> you know? And why should I thank God for it? Because I'm, you know? come on now. Okay, I had that thought because I was stupid. And I know, truly, I was. I had no idea. I did not realize that anything and everything that we have, you know, sometimes you need to go through a ward or a place where people are not doing so well. They were born with deficiencies, they were born with things that because of the curse, God wasn't trying to teach anybody anything. Okay? The curse brought in all sorts of garbage. We've been having to deal with it ever since. Sadly, we make doctrines out of it instead of just doing what Jesus did, which we'll look today at. And we need to understand something. We didn't have to have, we, could, we didn't need to be good at anything. We could have been useless at everything. And everything that is good about us, everything on the inside of us that makes us anything, came from him. And I realized that, that, that. When I realized that, I had to say thank you. You know what? Something funny happened when I started saying thank you. I got good at other things. You know, as soon as you acknowledge God for whatever you are good at, that you think you're intrinsically good at, but because it was him that put it on the inside of you, other things start to blossom. And I started getting good at other things. And I thought, I knew who to thank. I said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> That's really good. And the more I thanked, the better I got at it. Do you want to be good at everything? Some things I don't like. Some <laughs> the things I like, I want to be good at. <laughs> Hello. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> All right. Let me read this now. I'm almost finished. But anyway, let's keep going. <clears throat> The last thing I left you with was something John MacArthur said. Let me read this because it leads into what I want to say. <clears throat> he says that the phrase Father of Lights was an ancient, uh, ancient Jewish title for God, referring to him as creator. All right? So Father of Lights was actually a reference to God as creator, okay? As the, uh, as the great giver of light... In the form of the sun, the moon, he created all these things. Are you with me? Okay, the sun, the moon, the stars. And unlike those sources of light, which magnificent as they are, can nevertheless vary and will eventually fade. God's character, power, wisdom, and love have no variation or shifting shadow. Do you hear me? He says, through Malachi, the Lord declares, I, the Lord, do not change. Now, this is really important. Through John, we are told that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And through the writer of Hebrews, we are assured that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and yes, forever. That's Hebrews 13.8. The celestial bodies God created have various uh, phases of movement and rotation changing from hour uh, and varying, uh, changing from hour to hour and varying in intensity and shadow. God, however, is changeless. This is really important. Even though we see changes everywhere, God doesn't change. 
This is important. And he is changeless, changeless in the fact that he will not even put you in a position that leads to sin. Whether through lack of finances or sickness or anything else unpleasant. And why the original text says every, good, uh, every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect. Did you get that? Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect. Now, in his commentary, Simon J. Kistemacher says that the readers ought to know that God does not send his children sorrow and grief to drive them from him. A lot of people preach the opposite. They say God will bring grief and sorrow to draw you closer to God. And most people walk away from God. I listen to stuff like that and I think, are you stupid? <laughs> no, seriously? You know, religious people are dumb. I got to say that, man. I'm just saying it, all right? I didn't say Christians were. I said religious people. Oh, some Christians. Anyway, (laughs) I just look at it and I think, are you stupid? You know, do you beat people on the head when they come to church? Why not? Well, they won't come. Well, why do you think that's going to work with God? No, I'm serious. What happened? What is it that, you know, their reasoning is this. Let me just deal with some of these things. Their reasoning is this. God is so majestic. God is God. He can do whatever he wants. And we need to respect him as God, being able to do whatever he wants. And we shouldn't question his wisdom when he decides he wants to throw something at you, do something bad to you, take something away from you hurt you in some way because in his magnificence and his brilliance he's trying to teach you something I listen to this able how have been learned learn the lesson if you think there's a lesson learn it and stop preaching about it see this is a bit of a problem because they say well you see man in his rebellion goes against God when God is trying to do something to teach him something. And I just think, hang on a minute, wait a second. If man rebels against God, it's one thing. If he's behind their problems, okay. You know, I can understand that. And then he can't judge them at the end. Because they will have a case. They will say, you did this to us and you expect us to follow you. However... If he wasn't behind any of that stuff, if you get to heaven and you look in his face and you suddenly realize, oh yeah, that's a count up, isn't it? I thought I had 10 minutes left. (laughs) I got lots of time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, I'm happy again. If, (laughs) if, If you look in his face, it's been a while since I've been up here. If you look in his face, do you know what you will see? You will see... Love personified, light personified, you will see a goodness like you have never experienced before. When you look into the face of God, there isn't anything in there that will cause you to shrink back and go, ooh, I don't like what I saw. You will be in a place where you'll go, oh Lord, I am so, (laughs) this is the first thing that happens, I am so sorry for anything bad that I have done, anything bad that I have thought. For displeasing you in any way, 
Because he just, he emanates so much love. He emanates so much light. It's like he just, he, he's the most welcoming presence that there is. It is a part that you want to just go into and just melt into and disappear into. Knowing that that's the best place you can ever be. And then you start feeling bad. <laughs> Okay, about all the bad things you did when you realize it was his voice saying, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't think that. Don't say that. Are you all with me? And all you have to do is First John 1, 9. And he cleanses you of everything and you're perfect. And you can enter perfection in that perfect state. You getting this? Hallelujah. So again, I was in the middle of it. The readers ought to know that God does not send his children sorrow and grief to drive them from him. God has absolutely nothing in common with evil. Let me, re let me say that again. God has absolutely nothing in common with evil. Absolutely nothing. Yes, but no, no, he doesn't have that in common either. Yeah, but my uncle, no, doesn't have that one. But the preacher, I don't care. Doesn't have that in common. <laughs> okay, Whatever you can think of that's negative, he doesn't have in, anything in common with that. Somewhere something has slithered into your brain. I use the word advisedly. He's a snake. He slithers into people's lives whenever and wherever he can. And he's planted something in there that has grown. And you need to actively reject that. Do you hear me? You have to actively reject it. Which means that some days you need to say, self, shut up. Stop thinking those thoughts. And then you realize where it's coming from. And then you bind the devil. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. There will be angels that will take care of it. But they have to, you have to agree with them, man. You can't be saying other stuff. Then they just fold their wings and sit there and go, there's another one gone. So <laughs> anyway, so he goes and says, God is goodness personified. I love this. God is goodness personified. Okay? He says he is the fountain of all that is good. I love that. You know a fountain is forcibly pushed? Yeah, okay, all right. It's not a waterfall. Anyway, all right. And he says, for goodness originates with him. Now that's that, you know, I got to park on that for a minute. Goodness originates from him. You know, if it wasn't for him, we would not know what goodness was. There wouldn't be any goodness available. Do you understand? He is the source of what is good. Not the devil. God is the source of everything good. The source of everything good. Anything good in your life came from there. Anything that's in your life that seems good, that's a little, you know, that the devil's pushing off on you, back off. There's something stuck on the inside. Something that will cause a problem in your life later on. But if it comes from God, it will be goodness because it comes from a God that is personified goodness. 
and he gives you something. Every good and every perfect gift is coming from him and it will bless you. Are you all here? I'll read you something in just a minute. I gotta go to Matthew chapter uh, 7, verse 11 in the New King James. All right, I'll get there in a minute. Uh, Where are we? The gifts God makes available to his people are good and perfect. The gifts God God makes available to his people are what? Good and perfect. Every one of them, they include spiritual and material gifts. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. I want to show you something here that you probably haven't seen. Yeah, I know the verse. Yeah, but maybe you haven't seen this. All right. <laughs> Matthew 7, 11. Jesus speaking. He says, if you then, being evil or literally imperfect, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I want you to see a couple of things here. First of all, he's not talking about adults. He's talking about children. Let me tell you a little story about me and my childhood. (laughs) You know, when somebody brought me a gift, I wanted it to be something solid, something I can put my hands on. I didn't want a spiritual gift. I'll come here, child. I will give you a spirit of joy. Where's the gift? Where's the stuff that makes me happy? <laughs> you know, as a ki- I'm just talking to you as a child, okay? As a child, we're not that dumb. You know, I, I still hate when people give me socks, <laughs> handkerchiefs. Hello. I don't care about socks and handkerchiefs. <laughs> Did you also get, never mind, don't answer. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if they gave me a car, a little toy or something, oh, you're my best friend. Now, why am I saying this? Because Jesus does something very interesting here. He compares God giving us gifts as parents giving children gifts. Which means they're not something intangible. There's something tangible. That's why he uses the word things. Did you notice he says, uh, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now, those things can be natural and spiritual, but can I just say, they're not just spiritual. They are things, they're natural. And he talks about, you know, asking for bread. And the father doesn't say, I'm giving you spiritual bread today. I'm still hungry. (laughs) Can I have some actual bread? Just one of the five basic food groups. <laughs> Anything, you know. <laughs> All right. So let me read what I've said here. It is very significant that Jesus speaks of giving good gifts to children. Because it, is, it, it immediately lets us know that he is talking about material gifts. Because that's what children expect whenever their parents tell them that they have a gift for them. Normal children, not weird ones. I know somebody's thinking, oh, yes, but I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an exception. Go sit in the corner. I'm talking about a normal child, <laughs> okay? Because where, okay, where is it? <clears throat> now, I told you I was going to take you to another scripture. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 <clears throat> is a key verse when it comes to the goodness of God and what we're talking about. All right? It says in Acts 10, 38, thank God for Luke. You know, nobody else wrote anything like what he did. Gave us a whole gospel, and he gave us history of the church. 
thank God. You know, he wrote, he, do you know when you put all the verses together, apparently he wrote, when you, when you match them side by side, he literally wrote half the New Testament. See, we think Paul wrote half the New Testament and, you know, a lot of it because of the, the number of books he did. And he is outstanding and, you know, don't underestimate him, okay? But I just think it's amazing that a Gentile, yeah, baby, wrote half of it and the Jews wrote the other half. You know, we got in there, man, thanks to Luke. The dude just got in there and he gave us history and let us know everything that was going on. And he gave us a really accurate account because he was a doctor. So I really appreciate him. And we wouldn't have this verse today if not for him. And look at what he says. He says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from God. Let's see what some of those good gifts were. He says, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I, I love that Luke didn't say he healed most people. He said healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He didn't care. You know, <laughs> gotta be careful how I say this. One of the places, one of the courses that I'm doing, talks about, you know, they were talking about how they don't believe in healing, okay? And then, I, I, I get, I get where they're coming from. They've, they've dealt with a lot of people that have been hurt uh, from word of faith and some of the things that people have said, just very callously, you know? And then, you know, instead of helping people and not having this attitude of, well, if you didn't get it, it's your faith and you didn't have enough faith and blah, blah, blah. You know, slap, slap. Stop it. Stop doing stuff like that. Even Jesus. You know, sometimes he spoke. Sometimes he spat on the ground and shoved mud in people's eyeballs. You know, whatever it takes, dude. And even that guy, he goes, he gets it. How are you going? I don't know. I can see people like trees. He goes, come back. I want to spit on you some more. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, Jesus wasn't this, oh. And, you know, everybody came to him just kind of, yeah, baby. He did whatever it took. He understood. He met people where they were. Amen? And you know, word of faith just sometimes gets that way. And I, I, you know, that's me, so i got to balance this out. Can't jump onto my denominational brothers and sisters without jumping on us first. So let's jump on us for a minute. And you know, just callously have this attitude of, well, if you didn't have it, it's your faith and it's your problem and go away. And then those hurt people have to, where do they go next? They've just been told that they can't receive from God. Do you see? Do you understand? Instead of us saying, hey, you know what, can you believe that I can pray for you and maybe God will do something through my prayers for you? They'll probably go, yeah, okay, let's do that. We do, what, and you know what, and if you need to go to the doctor, don't feel bad. God gave them to us as well. You just get from sickness to healing however way you can. Just get to the healing part. We won't judge you. We'll just be there. We'll pray. You tell us what you need us to pray for you for. Whether you need to pray for the right doctors, right, whatever. We'll do whatever you need. What do you need? Should have been what we did. We didn't. You know, too many rock stars. Not enough fathers and mothers in the faith. We'll talk about that further later. So, but, <clears throat> you know, this individual that has probably had to deal with a lot of these people sort of said, well, you know, 
this is how they, you know, they, they, they come with all these issues because of that, because they've been done this way by those you know, people. And so he says, you know, if that was the case, then he says, well, you know, why, why, did, why don't they just go through, you know, the hospitals and just heal everybody if God was going to heal? And so they use that as, and I think, are you dumb? You know, even Jesus didn't raise, raise everybody from the dead. He says, Lazarus, yes, you, just you come forth. He didn't bring everybody back. Can you? <laughs> we won't go there. Anyway, but you know, one of the things is that everything according to God's will. And I'm thinking, you have no idea. But, but I, you know, this tells us that he healed everybody that was, that was sick. And I got this story. I think it was R.W. Shambok or somebody, okay? Here's a story for you. Went in, because this person was talking about how some people have anointings for different things. You know, and we're meant to walk in a place where we heal anybody and everybody, okay? But we're not all there. Oh, we just, you know, some days we're good at something, better at something, because we're developing our faith in different areas, in different ways. All right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And as whatever we hear, whatever we grow in, that's where we'll walk in. But you know, this, this individual, he said he was really good at getting deaf people to hear. So he goes, in, he goes to a, and I would love to give the story to that individual, you know, who was saying, oh, if, if you're like this way, why don't you just heal everybody? Because he did. He goes into a, a deaf institution and got everybody there healed that had no students. <laughs> Every single individual. And I thought about that. And I thought, I wonder how many non-Christians were in there. How many people that didn't deserve to be healed, so to speak, by our standards. When God said, you know what, if you're sick, you shouldn't be. We'll deal with your life some other way. But right now, that's not permissible. That's not something you should have to deal with at all. Listen. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good, doing good, doing good. And healing all. It was a good thing to heal all. Do you, do you hear what I'm trying to say? And just because people's faith aren't in the place where they're healing everybody, because that's what God's will is, that doesn't mean that we take people's failures and equate it to God's will. God's will is here. We just need to keep at it till we get there. And you're not going to get people going out there. You know, one of the, things I, one of the other things that I picked up, and praise God, I'm working on a whole bunch of series, okay? <laughs> this, we're going to pack the place out in time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things was, you know, this particular individual was talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And he said, you know, one of the things that you need to know is it's grace. It's God's, it's undeserved. So don't stand there and think, oh, I've been naughty this week. <laughs> God's not going to move through me. No, no, it doesn't matter what you, you know, repent first on one and hurry up. And then say, God, I'm here. What do you need to say or do through me? Amen? Don't look for the glory. Just look for a word. And I love that he you know, talks about a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Because if you had all wisdom, you'd be God. Hello. If you had all knowledge, <laughs> same deal. No, you get a word. It's for a season generally. And you need to be okay 
And you need to say, God, it is your grace. And we're going to learn how to walk in that. Okay, I'm giving you a preview attractions. Things to come, all right? I'm going to show you how to unlock whatever God needs to do through you so that you're not afraid. And you can move in the gifts and allow the Holy Spirit to move through you in the gifts and bless everybody. And to know when not to say something. Oh, I'll tell you how to figure that one out. Because I don't want the, oh, it's so bad. That's it, the Lord, even now I'm scared. We don't want that word. (laughs) Okay, that that ain't from God. That was actually a lady that, never mind. Okay. Uh, Watch, I want to point something else out to you. He says, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God wasn't against him doing what he was doing. God was with him. Which comes back to now, you are saying that we're not, meant, we're not meant to do all of that stuff. Is God against us for that? For not expecting and not working towards getting everybody healed? Are we going against God when we say, oh no, God doesn't want everybody healed? Is God with us? So I'm going to ask you, if you are in, in, in you know... You're watching this and you got issues. Is God with you? Or are you with religion? You think about it. Don't write me a letter. I want to answer you. All right. (laughs) This is the only letter I want to look at. Amen. Okay. (laughs) How much? I'm there, aren't I? Almost. Give me a little bit more time. Let me finish this section off. Having dealt with the goodness of God, James goes on to talk about God himself as the father of light. We've looked at this scripture. uh, With whom there is no variation or shadow of turning, which is in complete harmony again with 1 John uh, 1.5, where the apostle John said, this is the message which we have heard from him. This is the message that he heard from Jesus Christ regarding God. You know, Jesus spoke to them about God. Remember, Jesus was God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay? So God, only He could talk about God because He came from there. And so He was educating us. That's why He's called the Word. Do you know one of the things the words do? Reveal things. If I stood here and went, you would not know what I was thinking. Well, maybe, if, you know, anyway. you might guess, but you still don't know. <laughs> until I speak something, until words start coming out of my mouth, you don't know. And Jesus is the word of God. He reveals God. And he spoke to these men. And he let them know something. And the Apostle John writes down something that his Lord, his Savior, told him regarding God the Father. Not all the stuff that had been written and, you know, misunderstood. This comes directly from God who was in heaven with God. Son and Father. You all with me? 
And so he says, and this is so important, when he says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. At all. So I want you to see something that he's saying, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you what I think about God, I'm telling you what I know about God. From all this we understand that darkness cannot exist in the presence of God. He is light. With R. Kent Hughes writing, God does not change like shifting shadows. God's goodness, I love this, God's goodness is always high noon. It doesn't change, okay? It's just up there as bright as it gets, as strong as it gets. Are you all here? He says the good news today and for all eternity is this. God is infinitely good. Did you get that? Swallow this one, okay? God is infinitely good. You, get, you need to get this. He has never had and will never have more goodness than he has now. Mm, <laughs> okay? You really need to get this. God won't be any better tomorrow, and he hasn't been worse yesterday. Okay, God's better today. No, no, no. His goodness will never change. He is as good as, and he is infinitely good, and that will never change. Every single day, God is infinitely good. Well, how come I feel like I'm just getting more now than I did before? Because you're believing for more now than you did before. Because you sat down and listened to this little black dude, and you thought, I think I'll believe him. I think this is right. <laughs> Something is witnessing in my spirit about this. Because the, the Holy Spirit will be witnessing this to your spirit. Jesus said, I, you know, I keep bringing you back to this. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. You, but you've got to believe. If somebody comes and wrecks your little believer, then you won't be able to believe. My job is to get you to believe. You don't, you still, you know, we really need to understand and get the revelation that God said, we'll make men in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Let them. We could have said don't, but we said yes. We really need to take dominion if we need to get all this back in line. <clears throat> all right, I need to finish this. So again, he says, God is infinitely good. He has never had and, and will never have more goodness than he is now. He is unchangeably good. He stands like an eternal sun in a cloudless sky, radiating unbroken goodness upon us. God will always eternally be good to us. Hallelujah. Does that bless you? That blesses me. I can stand and fight with that. Amen? Because whenever the devil sticks his little head up and says something stupid, like, ooh, God's behind this, I say, shut up! You're probably behind this. Trying to point the finger at somebody. You know, that's like the naughty kid. This happened to me. This naughty kid, he would do something bad, he would slap me or whatever, and then he would do something, and when the teacher turned around... I would react to what he did and the teacher would think I was the one behind the disturbance and then I would get punished and can't go to, to recess or whatever. And I would be sitting there so mad and trying to tell you know, the, the teacher that it was somebody else. It's like, yeah, but you're the one that was doing it. 
And that's how the devil is. He causes the problem. He is the tempter and the accuser. He gets you to do something and then he just rags on you for doing it and lets everybody know. When at the front end he says nobody will know. Everybody does it. And then and suddenly, how could you do that? <laughs> you know, we really need to understand this is a very bad person. Every bad and horrible thing comes from him. Just like every good and perfect gift comes from God. Amen? He is eternally good. And that goodness will continue to shine upon your life if you believe and receive it. It will have an effect on your life. Amen? Not just shine on you. You will be able to receive it and walk in that. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Father, for the amazing and wonderful God.